listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Hello and welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome one, welcome all. This is episode number 46, The Best and Frightest. In this episode, we're going to be discussing some current and up-and-coming horror directors that we think are the future of the genre. So that should be a really cool discussion. I'm hyped about that. Yes, yes, and... You had to inform me on a few of them because, honestly, you know me. I like I pay attention to the movies. I don't really pay attention to the directors. No offense to any horror directors out there, but the only newer horror directors I really know are like Justin Seaman yeah. and Todd Jenkins. <laughs> don't you mean Seaman? No. Seaman. <laughs> it's Seaman. <it's> Seaman. <laughs> no, we, we appreciate you though, Justin Seaman. Oh, yeah. I just ordered uh, Volumes of Blood, I think it was. I got the Killector's edition mm. off of eBay. Nice. So that makes... Now I have that. I have 1031 and The Barn. I'm looking okay. to get Bone Jangles next, but mm. I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, that one I think is kind of hard to find. So did he like? Uh, did he direct one of the segments on Volumes of Blood? I think it was... I think like the whole thing was his. Oh, okay. Because I know it's like an anthology, so usually they have different directors. Like yeah. Direct each segment or whatever. But I don't know about that particular movie. But okay, that's, that's dope. We're going to talk about Justin Seaman and uh, some other great directors coming up in our main segment. But as always, we'd like to start you guys off with what's been going on in the world of horror uh, recently. So let's talk about that for a second. Yes. Uh, We've actually got a lot of news uh, over this like past week that is pretty exciting. The first was just announced. It's about the new Child's Play tv series the continuation of the movies okay so guess who picked up child's play yeah sci-fi and hopefully with the cancellation of channel zero the child's play series does not suffer the same fate unless it sucks then i'm you know i'm i'm cool with that (laughs) yeah i mean i I hope it's good since it's supposed to be a continuation of the movies which means that don mancini is involved and actually speaking of channel zero uh the creator nick and Tosca is also attached to the Child's Play TV series, and he's producing it. So Ooh. that should be pretty cool. They're bringing back uh, Brad Dorif as Chucky, right? Oh yeah, fuck sure, yes. Yeah. He's the only acceptable Chucky, honestly. Like, I, I'm I'm pretty like interested in the remake that's mm-hmm. coming up. Aside from the TV show, I just don't think anyone can replace Brad Dorif. Like, yeah, I, I think interested is the right word because. I'm not like excited about it, but I just want to see like what they do with it. Yeah, and know? hopefully it's not a curiosity killed the cat situation and yeah. our dreams get. Cru- I I just have like a feeling, like as soon as because we're gonna go see Child's Play definitely. I have a feeling that we're just gonna have that intense feeling of like disappointment when we're leaving the theater. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I, you know, as a horror fan, like I hope it's good, but for for one thing, I feel like it's unnecessary. But yeah, I do kind of feel like the the whole killer robot doll premise is just gonna end up being kind of stupid i think uh 
What attributes to all of these like remakes and reimaginations, I think is a lack of imagination and a lack of creativity from a lot of mm -hmm. people in Hollywood because I mean, no offense to like Blumhouse, like some of their movies are good and notice I say some and not most, but some of their movies are like complete shit, like Truth mm -hmm. or Dare. Yeah. That one was like I guess quote unquote original, but at the same time it really wasn't. It's just I don't know, man. Like, I, I just feel like the horror is, like, just at a okay place right now. Yeah. But I think if they just keep spitting out remake after remake after reboot after random sequel, like, because let's be real. It was nice to see a sequel to Halloween, but there was really no reason to make a new Michael Myers movie other than the fact just so we could see a Michael Myers on screen, like... That was the only thing I was really excited about because when's the last time he was on like 09 before this mm -hmm. and it, he it was bad. So, yeah, I mean, they just wanted to, to rope you in with, you You know, like, look, Michael Myers. And that's what they're doing with this movie, too. Yeah, look, it's Chucky, yeah. right? Is it yeah. Brad Dorif? No, but, goodbye. But, but the thing is that like, you know, like you and me and like our friend, the caretaker, we could have all sat down and we could have been like, hey, let's do a new Chucky movie. What are we going to do? And I feel like, you know, the idea of like, hey, let's turn him into a killer robot doll would have came up as like one of the first things we could have thought of. And I just know that we all would have been like, that's eh, kind of dumb. Yeah. Let's think of something else, you know. So unless they unless they go like a different route than like what we're expecting, I just think it's going to lack that imagination. I agree. Yeah, I, completely. I just I don't think it's going to capture like the same feels as the original too. Mm -hmm. Like because that movie is no doubt one of the best horror movies ever along with nightmare on elm street halloween friday the 13th the thing etc mm -hmm. etc so like i feel like it's gonna i feel like it's gonna be a miss like honestly all these like the big time remakes like halloween texas chainsaw massacre friday the 13th they were okay but like it, it wasn't like it didn't feel like those movies you know what i mean it didn't feel mm -hmm. like the same character it didn't have the it was just a whole different vibe and honestly the only good ones to me were like the woman in black remake the fucking friday the 13th and texas chainsaw massacre other than that it's just was it was the woman in black a remake yeah it's oh, like from oh, like yeah, a right. 1960 something film i is think it like a is it like a tv movie or something uh i don't think so no okay. i don't know I, rem I remember now kind of yeah okay but yeah i agree i mean there are very few that are actually very good so that's why i'm looking forward to the tv series more and i actually am glad that it's going on to sci-fi because sci-fi has always been like pretty good for horror movies you know despite their like originals kind of being ass oh god like sharknado <laughs> you yeah. mean and uh what else was there all those just like really shitty like monster movies with like the bad cgi oh god like i can't think of any names but like, you know look I mean. here's an alien except the alien is in a prison yeah. and it's eating the prisoners oh my and look a tornado with sharks in it like, yeah they've always got some dumb shit too like uh croco gator versus oh you know whatever whatever the fuck it's so dumb sci-fi used to have good tv movies like they had the this one casa de los muertos i saw mm -hmm. i think that was an original uh fuck there was one like basically i think it was called all souls day or something like that where like there's like a small village and pe people gather at a house and like they they summon demonic spirits and then they take people over and mm -hmm. then you got a whole village of like 
evil fucks. Like those movies were all right. I remember watching them growing up and the uh, House of the Dead. I think that was a sci-fi original. I don't know if you watched that. Yeah. It's I like with all the zombies and then the fuckers go to a rave and then they're hiding in the locker room from the zombies. Yeah, I've seen that. It, I think that was one of the first zombie movies I watched where like they had to cover themselves in zombie blood so they could sneak past mm-hmm. the zombies. I think that was the first movie I watched like that. Yeah, no, they did have some good movies for sure. But I mean, usually like the the properties and the movies other than like their originals that they put on are usually pretty good. And uh, I mean, you know, they're passionate about like the genre and everything. So I think they can do it justice or it'll just be like not watched and canceled after like a season. So, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, TV series of Child's Play going to sci-fi. There's still no official release date or anything like that, but we'll keep you guys posted. I am excited, though. I think there's a lot of like good people working behind it. And uh, I think that sci-fi can make it like pretty good. So let's move on. We've actually got more discussions of more TV series. I don't want to spend a whole ton of time on these, but uh, because they've been going around social media for a while now. Oh, yeah. The Lost Boys and Resident Evil getting TV series. So there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is we're getting a Lost Boys TV series. And the bad news is it's going to be on the CW. Yeah. I'm not excited about that at all because, I mean, the C- CW has some, like, decent shows, but they pretty much only have, like, one real demographic, and it's, like, you know, girls between the ages of, like, 16 and 19. So the shows are, are typically, you know, more more dramatic than anything. Oh, yeah, soap operas like Vampire Diaries or whatever the hell. Yeah, or, like, any of the superhero shows. I mean, they're cool sometimes, but for the most part, it's just some like whiny sappy you know dialogue and I romance mean, and everything. shit dude even supernatural i mean yeah that went from do you remember how different the first season of that show was from the rest we went from like bloody mary to hey look it's god yeah. i'm talking to god and his name is chuck like yeah. what the fuck and i mean just a lot of the character interactions and stuff like that eventually just kind of you know I, I felt like decreased in quality oh yeah so uh i'm not like particularly excited about the lost boys remake because even even other people were commenting on it going like well i guess it's just gonna be like a soapy teen drama and stuff oh yeah it definitely is i mean the the original kind of had some of those elements but it wasn't really to that extent it was more of like you could expect real people back in that day like young people to interact with each other you know except they're vampires but (laughs) see like our problem is like like no offense ladies but stop turning our vampires into soap operas (laughs) and shit like look what stephanie meyer started yeah. We went from Twilight to Vampire Diaries, and now it's like, bro, chill the fuck out. If you do this with the Lost Boys, I will set myself on fire. Yeah, I I agree, don't, dude. Don't turn my shit into a soap opera, all right? You know who we need writing these? Fat dude with, like, 18 <laughs> arm tattoos writing this shit, because that's, that's someone that probably cares about the genre a lot. These Stephanie Meyer type chicks that write these, like, soapy-ass fucking stories, it's just... It's not for me, man. Like, we're... Like, dude, I, when I was a kid, I watched The Lost Boys, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone did, I'm sure. Like, that's one of the best vampire movies ever. Mm-hmm. And the best part of it was it was actually fucking scary. And the effects were dope. The vampires were dope. Yeah. I don't want, like, teenage vampires uh, fighting over a girl or none of that shit. Or, like, hey, you know, let's go to the skate rink. And then they go to the skate rink and, like, 
a vampire kidnaps someone and they're like yeah. let's go get her back i love you susan like what the fuck man i mean there was like a obviously a, a big part of the plot was uh the main i, for, I forget her names i'm sorry but like you know the main guy's uh relationship with that one girl that he like found on the boardwalk oh, or yeah. like that he lusted after or whatever you know but it wasn't that like teen soapy shit like exactly. riverdale or gossip girls type shit or anything yeah. like that you know it, it was like more like he like he, he was drawn to her he wanted her but he had to go through uh Kiefer sutherland you know yeah and and there was like an actual dynamic and there was like this really uh like this cool power struggle between those two and everything you know so it was written well and like you said the vampires when they became vampires were actually scary the effects were great and it had cheesy moments because it was the 80s but you know it, it wasn't like just that cringy exactly like just really dripping with just i don't know teenage angst <laughs> yeah teen <laughs> angst and everything yeah exactly so. i just don't i just want them to appeal to an audience that actually gives a fuck about like the lost boys i don't well we're gonna make it for teenage girls and like beta male teenage boys <laughs> like come on bro don't do that to us just give us ho- true horror we don't want soap operas like the walking dead we don't want bullshit like vampire diaries we don't want these fuckers to sparkle like in twilight give us horror make this shit scary yeah like I'm talking like first season of Supernatural scary, like fucking what else? Tales from the Dark Side scary, like mm-hmm. except more modern, you know. Like just make scary shit. Stop turning horror into fucking drama. Yeah, dude. I know. I agree. And I th- I think it is going to depend on like the the path that they take with the story, because based on the article, it sounds like the premise at least is kind of the same as like the original but i don't know what they're gonna do with it in series format so oh they're gonna put a giant yeah spin on it like i'm just so sick of and i, t- I talk about this almost every episode i'm so sick of soap opera bullshit horror like it's bad for the genre let's be real imagine if every horror slippery slope but now imagine if every horror movie turned into like a teen angst drama like yeah I wouldn't like that at all. Dude, I'd be so fucking mad. I, it's so cringy, bro. Vampire Diaries is cringy. It's bad, okay? Mm. I don't care what you say. Vampire Diaries is bad. Walking Dead, at this current moment where it's at, it's bad. You know when it became bad? Once the governor died. After that shit, they were like, uh, you know, it's not... You, you, the problem is when with Walking Dead is when they made it not about the zombies and about yeah. the people. Like, okay, yeah, people are scary. We already know that. That's why we live in the world okay we want some shit that isn't possible to scare us in real life like zombies and frankenstein and monsters we don't want real life people we deal with dickheads on a daily fucking basis like we don't want to fucking oh people are scarier than zombies people are the real monsters oh cool bro that's so deep how'd you think of that like yeah no i I agree and and uh there is good news though there is good news (laughs) there is good news yeah we're uh we're getting the Lost Boys TV series, but we are also getting Resident Evil as well. You see, that's you know why I'm happy they can't turn that into a fucking soap opera. The worst that well, can happen is they can turn it into like an action type. Yeah, I mean, don't underestimate these people. They <laughs> they can do it, but this one is actually going to Netflix. See, that's I, what I, have, I, mean. I have faith in Netflix. I do have faith in Netflix because Netflix, when they have their own like shit, it's mm-hmm. usually good. Like. Besides, like, like I know that, that TV show You, I was telling you about. Yeah. That was originally a Lifetime original, so, like, 
you could kind of tell that it's not by Netflix, but all like the Netflix main horror shit, like it's really good. Like I have no problem with most of the stuff that Netflix releases because yeah. they don't turn it into a fucking oh woe is me. Yeah, I hope that they don't do that. I mean, when you have like a TV series, I feel like you kind of go down that road naturally you know with like certain characters interacting and stuff but i mean i'm pretty sure that they want to make it scary you know i'm pretty sure that they want to bring like some iconic characters into it because i think it's actually supposed to take place from kind of the beginning because it's supposed to explore the dark inner workings of the umbrella corporation and the new world order caused by the outbreak of the t-virus so it sounds like it's either going to be like right when the whole outbreak started or kind of you know in the middle of it or something like that but uh yeah like i said i am excited about it and i, I can't wait to see what uh, netflix does with it it's supposed to be a german production as well as a part of some other uh studios and things too so oh shit what the hell well hopefully we'll get some nazi zombies then <laughs> <laughs> well it says it's a global a global original meaning that they're probably going to have different people different studios Und brings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd be down for that like dead snow oh dead snow was Resident so Evil. good oh man that's the, i gotta add that to my collection yeah because i already got all of the return of the living deads there you go Part i don't have i don't to. have 28 days and 28 weeks later though oh yeah you got those are essential for sure they but, really are especially days oh yeah but uh yeah i mean this zombie thing i am particularly excited for too i think if they have like leon and stuff and they cast some good people yes it's gonna be fire you know who i think could play leon Hmm. the kid who plays carl on the walking dead since he died he could they could like just take him yeah but leon's like older though is he he's like in his 20s probably i think like late 20s or early 30s he looks like a young dude yeah well those japanese people make everybody look young that's true that's true but i think he's supposed to be i mean he's like a He's like a special forces officer or something. So he could be younger, but I mean, he looks like he's at least in his late 20s. Because I know in Resident Evil 2, which I started playing the remake again, this is not a paid advertisement, but he was a rookie cop in 2. So if this takes place right at the beginning, it would kind of make sense to have like a younger dude. Not, I guess not as young as Carl, Yeah, but maybe... Uh, Damn, I can't really think of anyone who could play Leon. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. But they always get the casting down like pretty well, I think. Oh yeah. So uh, they they find someone good. So I mean, for both of these series, I'm excited to see like who the cast members are and who's actually going to be like behind the show and everything. Because I think that that's going to really determine like how the shows are going to be. You know, like usually you can kind of tell depending on like who the actor actors and actresses are and stuff like that you know? oh yeah so uh but yeah i'm excited for that one next up we've got yet another re- this is just all remakes talk today pretty much but uh this one is kind of cool as well so after the failed garbage disaster piece that was <laughs> I, I think it was last year's the mummy oh god with tom cruise i didn't even watch it i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie to you but i i've heard nothing but terribly bad things about it dude the 4k is like eight bucks on amazon that's how bad it was i kind of want to see it just to see it but at the same time i don't no no one can replace brendan fraser bro that's that movie was amazing it was yeah but i mean you know this this was supposed to be uh kind of a new thing for them this whole like dark universe 
but you know they completely failed with the mummy so now they're going to be trying to reboot the universal monsters yet again with the lee Wenell directed invisible man Ooh. yeah so we're going to be talking a little bit more about lee, lee Wenell in our main segment but i am pumped about this he just came off of a great film with upgrade and now he's going to be pretty much responsible for either directing a successful new universal monsters movie and potentially launching like that whole franchise again or having it just follow in the footsteps of the mummy and just crash and burn i don't know oh man i hope not yeah but lee winnell i've i have faith in him after what he's done and you know with insidious and upgrade and everything else that he's done so i'm actually looking forward to this one but i hope that they don't tarnish the invisible man too much because the original film is like one of my favorite like old black and white movies wasn't uh the discount tom hardy an upgrade the dude from devil uh, yeah he was a dude was him, yeah, yeah discount tom hardy that's yeah, pretty much but he, i mean he did a good job i mean i don't know if he's maybe he maybe he'll be the invisible man i don't know oh but, shit but that was that was the one yeah but i am excited for this i mean the universal monsters were always super cool and they had like big plans to do like bride of frankenstein and all that kind of stuff again so if this takes off we could see more stuff more stuff like that but um it's kind of hard to capture the same kind of essence you know we'll see about that one be on the lookout once we have more information we'll let you guys know we got a couple new trailer announcements then we're going to get right into the cult corner the first is uh called the hole in the ground this is actually a new a24 movie it looked pretty dope uh it looks similar to the hollow child i don't know if you saw but this, uh, this, this, uh, I think it's a little girl. She goes into the woods, right? She mm-hmm. gets lost, and then when she comes back, she's not the same. Yeah, that, uh, that. So that's actually been kind of a, a trending like premise for horror recently. Monster kids. Yeah, and I mean, think about it with like hereditary and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So not only the monster kid type thing, also the whole like you know mother and child. Or just really the whole like family dynamic thing but i've been seeing a lot of these like mother and (laughs) troublesome kid things like the prodigy that's another one so kind of like what we expected like not even troubled kid but like there's always just some struggle between like parents and their kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) have you noticed this wasn't an issue with like older movies it's like yo millennials keep your fucking kids in check what's wrong with you yeah no that is basically how it is but now we're seeing it like more and more and more and hereditary definitely has something to do with it but i mean i'm not like opposed to it because i think the whole like family horror movie is interesting to explore you know there's a lot of opportunities for different interactions and stuff like that and this is kind of based off of you know some like urban legends and folk tales about like the doppelgangers and stuff like that but essentially this kid wanders off there's a giant sinkhole i'm I'm guessing that that hole in the ground is like a meteor of some sort and he's kidnapped by aliens or something it's gonna be something sci-fi horror i'll I'll bet any money that it's not supernatural though i don't know i feel like it is only because like if it is based on those urban legends like those are largely just supernatural things like they don't have anything to do with aliens they're just like different like little creatures that either like steal your kids and replace them with like that because that's the real like urban legend about like fairies and stuff like that you know like they'll steal your kids or something and uh replace them with like a doppelganger that dude there was another movie evil and stuff there's another movie i just watched 
with fairies mm-hmm. kidnapping kids like and taking them like so i forgot the name of that one but it's on xfinity for free mm-hmm. there's that one there's the hollow child and now there's the hole in the ground which is essentially both of them looks like yeah so i am excited about this one though i mean the the vibe looks good the acting looks good so i am i am pumped to see it it's gonna be releasing march 1st in limited theaters unfortunately i don't have more information but uh hopefully you all get to see it i would like to see it as well we'll keep you guys posted on the hole in the ground let us know what you think about it the next trailer is called feedback it actually looks pretty cool so it's based in this radio station or radio studio they call it i think it's like somewhere where actual audience goes and they can like view the show live or something like that but it concerns this radio show host and it's just one bad night at this radio station like he gets wrapped up in some kind of scandal and the radio station gets taken hostage by uh these like masked gunmen and stuff so it looks like it's going to be more of like kind of a thriller but i actually do think it looks pretty good like the acting looks phenomenal in it and uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty intense oh yeah i just wish i knew what the fuck they were talking about because i was looking through the trailer i was like yeah this looks good i just wish i i knew what the hell was going on with with all those masks and shit and yeah Por qué, mi amigo? <laughs> and just staring at him as he's sitting there yeah. especially because at one point it looks like the masks themselves are like faces that are moving or something i was gonna I was say confused. that that part i think they drugged him or something probably yeah maybe gave him some kind of truth serum or, i don't know some bullshit some fucking like ayahuasca or some yeah. shit peyote or <laughs> right he would be flipping the fuck out like um, imagine like two dudes tie you up they're wearing masks like we're gonna kill you but first here's some hallucinogens (laughs) like why yeah it's like some shrooms shit because then you just like want to enjoy stuff yeah man that would suck but there might already be an english language trailer out by the time you're hearing this i'm not sure but uh if you do find it let us know what you think about it but that is supposed to be coming out internationally in march of this year so in just a couple months the last trailer we have for you guys is about a movie called nightmare cinema now this looks pretty cool it's a new anthology that's supposed to star mickey rourke it looks good it does especially mickey rourke man i can't believe he's still making films last i heard from him was the wrestler yeah same here and i'm pretty sure he's like even more uh you know worked on now anyway yeah check out nightmare cinema once it does come out unfortunately there's no release date that i could see yet but i'll be on the lookout for that so let's move on now we're gonna get right into our first segment the cult corner dun 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 you guys know where that bass pulse is from today in the cult corner we'll be discussing possibly the greatest alien movie ever and yes, it is better than Alien, so shut up. It is John Carpenter's The Thing, one of the greatest horror movies ever conceived. And I'm saying this after only watching it for the first time last year, believe it or not. Yeah. And oh my God. No, it is so good. So fucking good. John Carpenter is, he's a master of horror for a fucking reason, okay? This movie, I i wasn't expecting like anything great because it was, you know... <laughs> Mm-hmm. 19 what is it 81 82 when this came out but holy crap i was surprised because 
And I'm not just saying this because I'm a huge John Carpenter fanboy. This movie withstood the test of time. If you watch this in 1080p, it's super modern. Because yeah. like, it doesn't show a bunch of dickhead teenagers on their cell phones. It just shows a bunch of people at this base. And there's this fucking alien thing that's taken over. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who it is. And I mean, not only is the special effects like still studied and and you know and analyzed and everything today i mean it's one of the best cases of movie makeup and special effects I think ever so. you know but i mean also it was just like legitimately terrifying and disturbing you know it was i mean consider one the the dog scene in the cages oh god yeah that, that, that was, was fucked disturbing. up it was and then just at various moments like when you actually uh like realize that one of the people is the thing and when they emit that like otherworldly like screech oh god everything you know and they start like fucking just like flipping (laughs) around and they start like transforming and everything like that shit is legitimately you know like disturbing and scary honestly dude like john carpenter i think was like way way ahead of his time i know there's some good giallo directors from back then Mm -hmm. and a lot of good horror directors like well Wes craven was ahead of his time too but in like the cinematography in this movie was it seemed super modern it wasn't like you were watching an 80s movie at all Mm -hmm. the score for this movie is probably one of my favorite scores in horror history that bass pulse that classic john carpenter like bass pulse and along with Pumpkinhead and alien this had this was probably one of the most atmospheric like 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 the air is super thick type Mm -hmm. movie like it was just very very suspenseful and like you, you you felt on like on edge the whole time honestly that's because that's how i felt watching this i mean at the beginning even you know i I think it really had a lot to do with the setting and just where they were and what was going on because even at the beginning it started off you know kind of slow as most movies do you know just building like the story and the characters a bit but then it jumped kind of right into it and even the slower scenes throughout the movie like i was just thinking of the scene where uh they're doing the blood test yeah you know like that could probably be considered like one of the film's slower scenes but it wasn't like a weak scene at all because that that scene was super intense because you could just tell that at, at literally at any moment like he was just gonna put that that wire down on one of the pieces of blood and something was gonna happen oh yeah and even not knowing what happens or even knowing what happens like i still get caught off guard sometimes by like when he actually does put it there and and the guy starts just screeching you know like that still surprises me sometimes so yeah same honestly this this is one of the most suspenseful movies i've watched and not like suspense suspense nothing happens suspense suspense Mm -hmm. and then finally something happens at the ending like the like when a stranger calls like the remake at least like The original right off the bat you know you could tell she's being watched but you know the remake was just like eh, suspense suspense oh someone disappeared suspense suspense oh is he around this corner is he around mm-hmm. that corner but this this did not have those like suspense with no delivery this was like slowness suspense suspense holy fucking shit ah and yeah. then <laughs> 20 minutes later more suspense more suspense oh, great another person is fuck okay yeah waiting for it waiting for it oh fuck again like yeah that's what i liked about this movie like the, shit constantly happened but the the pacing was fucking great with this mm-hmm. movie that's that's another thing with a lot of 1980s movies like the pacing is kind of shit you know like no no offense to the 80s horror community because you know 
I'm with you guys, but let's just admit there is no better paced movie than this. Yeah, it was really well paced because there was something always happening. Like right from the get go, and uh, when they see the the what was he? Uh, I forget what nationality was Danish or I don't know Ukrainian or whatever. Like the one guy in the helicopter that was shooting after the dog you know yeah right away you're like not sure what was going on but in that scene and every scene pretty much falling after that like there was something relevant and interesting happening and then once it got to the actual scenes with them fighting the thing like they were spaced out really well you know so yeah the suspense was was definitely it culminated in all those like really cool scenes like the autopsy scene where uh the the doctor gets his hands like basically eaten by (laughs) by the the thing with the stomach and everything and like the head and there were just so many iconic scenes in that movie and they they were all paced like super well honestly i was super worried when they thought mcready was the fucking thing oh yeah and i was just like no and then they fucking well they they fucking locked him up they're like Mm -hmm. we know it's you and he's like bitch it's not me like then they did the tests and lo and behold thank god it wasn't mcready because kurt russell is he was really one of the only characters i really gave a shit about in this mostly because he he's like a He's like a classic face in like these John Carpenter movies. So mm-hmm. I wanted him to live, but Yeah, and I mean his character was cool too just because he you know, none of them were really expanded upon that much just because they were in this situation where they like had to survive, but he was kind of the character that kept like, you know, his head on like straight for the most part and uh, he was just kind of the coolest character obviously. He really Kurt was. Russell, You're, so. he, he was really the alpha of this whole group too. Mm-hmm. Like he always knew what to do somehow, even though he kind of like, I wouldn't say panicked at times, but like yeah. you could kind of tell in his eyes, like he felt like the kind of fuck, what am I going to do? But he was kind of like hiding it. That's what I like about Kurt Russell's character. He can play like the worried main character, like really well, mm-hmm. even though like, even if it looks like he doesn't know what to do, he knew what to do. Like there's even like a whole bunch of fan theories about the ending of this movie. And yeah, they said like basically he was super smart because when he he handed the drink to his boy at the end, like they were saying it was just gasoline and the dude was drinking like num 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 thanks bro yeah because it wasn't ever really uh, expanded upon but a lot of people think that Childs at the end was the thing I think he was too and he was just I don't know trying to gauge like you know Max reaction see if he like knew or something I'm still not 100% sure but I mean I think that he could have been as well yeah oh there's a lot of theories running around who yeah. kn- who knows maybe even at the end it was McCready I was thinking that too kind of but then I mean he was blowing everything up I don't know if uh if the thing would do that you know I think he would try to like preserve himself that's why a lot of people think it's Charles because Charles just appears you know kind of out of nowhere or whatever so uh who knows like where he was or, or what he was doing he could have like froze to death and then the thing took him over so mm-hmm. and helped him sustain his life get back to homeostasis and boom hey man i'm okay it's yeah. like i'm gonna keep this gun on you here drink this gasoline <laughs> like i mean that was one of the coolest things about the the movie though is just that it was a mystery too you know like you never yeah. knew who was the thing until it revealed itself basically you know and a large part of the story was them trying to figure out exactly what was going on and and who they should be uh, afraid of you know so it didn't really pull any punches like i mean the story was was super well written hell yeah carpenter's always 
got some great stuff up his yeah. sleeve. And I actually didn't know this for a while, but this is actually a, a remake. Oh, yeah. Of, it's of uh, like a 1930s or 50s yeah, film called The Thing from Another World. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually haven't seen that, so I can't make any like comparisons or anything to it but you know how i knew it was a remake because mm. uh they were watching the thing from another world oh, in no. in halloween 1978 oh. when tommy doyle was on the on the couch and i knew like it wasn't this thing because this didn't come out to like four years after halloween was yeah. released isn't that crazy i mean do you think i'm not even sure like maybe he knew he was gonna do it or he just randomly put that movie on i i think uh it was one of his like more liked you know classic films because mm. like I mean, you wouldn't just throw it on there. I mean, they, they had Night of the Living Dead in the second one, and he never remade that, so you never know. Yeah. I mean, unless it was an Easter egg, like, I already signed this contract to remake the thing. Yeah, like, hey, guys, guess what? Yeah, but that was, like, three or four years later or something. I mean, I don't know. But I just thought, uh, I just think that's interesting, but... I would say this is, like, the perfect horror movie, honestly. I yeah. didn't have any problems with this movie. No, it, it is like it's very hard to find flaws in this film. Well, yeah. When I was watching it, I was I was never like, man, that was stupid, or like, mm -hmm. yeah, right. You know how you when you watch like some movies and like yeah. the villain will slap the main character's head like thirty feet and it spins, falls into a dumpster, and the dumpster closes yeah. like in Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, and you're like, come on, bro, that's a little too campy. This movie was not campy. This movie took itself seriously, and we took it seriously, and. This is one of my only few 10 out of 10 horror movies. Oh, yeah. This movie is as close to perfect, I think, as you can get for horror. Because when you're watching this movie, like, your eyes are open, you know? Yeah. You, you're not uh, you're not going to be distracted. Cause you it's, can't be either. Yeah, if you're on your phone and you... If you even... If you miss anything, then you're going to, mm -hmm. like... The, the best thing about watching this is you kind of, like... You can kind of, like, speculate who's, you know, quote-unquote infected. Mm-hmm. But if you pick up your phone and you start dicking around, and once once they start finding out who's infected, you're just gonna be like, "Oh, that's who was." But like, if you if you there's there's little things you gotta you gotta peep during the movie that mm -hmm. that you will not look you will not see if you're just multitasking. This is one of those movies that requires undivided attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on like every repeat viewing, I kind of like look at different characters, uh, like you know with more attention just to see if oh, i yeah. can like figure out well and i know who's like gonna turn into the thing now but i mean just to see if they give off any weird, weird vibes yeah before that i, tr I tried uh when we first watched it I, I tried looking at like like any subtle changes in like their movements yeah or like in a lot of horror movies when someone changes or like is possessed or like taken over by, you could see like the changes in their eyes and like how they look at things like if they're what like if they have like that spaced out look honestly if they have one spaced out look two like they look too normal you know what mm -hmm. i mean like too calm i would say like in a situation with this much with this much so much like tenseness that you could cut it with a fucking butter knife if, mm -hmm. if you have, if you see anyone in this situation and they're just like chilling i mean even look at mcready he was fucking nervous the fuck out the whole movie oh like, yeah I mean, especially, That's how you know it wasn't him. Considering that, you know, they were at this, like, Antarctic, you know, base or whatever, just yeah. completely cut off from the rest of civilization, pretty much. They shouldn't much. be calm, and if they are, they're fucking aliens. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this movie is super well-regarded for pretty much all of those reasons. It's just wildly entertaining. It's actually scary, you know, so this movie deserves to be a cult classic for sure. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's more than a cult. I think everyone in, like, 
even like even regular movie buffs know that this is one of the best horror movies ever mm-hmm. created besides Halloween and ironically both are by John Carpenter. The, the man is a genius. Like yes. I want to see I want to see him direct at, at least two more films before he like des- decides just to be a producer, just a writer, you know, stuff like that. I want I want to see more John Carpenter. Just just give us like cuz cuz look the, the the guy's a genius, all right? John Carpenter is a creative genius. And I think if he sits down and he can write an original story that has not been done before. Like, mm-hmm. like look what George... I, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. And, you know, you could agree or disagree. I think Jordan Peele is going to be our next Carpenter. Because, I mean, look at Get Out and I'll look at the trailer for Us. Like, mm-hmm. he is an innovator in horror. John Carpenter was an innovator in horror and he made actual scary movies. Like... Same yeah. thing with Jordan Peele. Now, I think Jordan Peele is going to like, I would say kind of like stray away from comedy because, you know, I've, there's, I don't watch, there's no more Key and Peele, is there? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're doing, I don't think they're doing it anymore. I think he needs to just focus on like horror and like thriller. And honestly, I want to see a sci-fi like horror movie with Jordan Peele because I think the stuff that guy can come up, that guy has talent. Like, you know, when you see like mm-hmm. a new horror director and they have talent and Jordan Peele is probably like one of the only newer like directors that I can really say like, yo, this guy has the potential to be innovative and not just another remake junkie or like doing something that's been done before. And that's exactly what John Carpenter was. He was, he was a innovator and honestly he inspired that whole eighties craze and even the whole, the virgin surviving that all, all, all these horror movie tropes started with Halloween. Like, of course, Black Christmas was before Halloween, mm-hmm. but in that one, the virgin didn't survive. She was pregnant, you know? that It wasn't like a... There was no really tropes in that movie other than, like, the smart girl lives, you know? like Yeah, I mean, that movie was, was very innovative in and of itself, of course, but, mm-hmm. I mean, John Carpenter, pretty much every movie that he did, to some extent, whether it was, like, a remake or an adaptation or whatever, you know, it was it was creative and... To me, also, I, I think that the way that he directed his actors was phenomenal, too, just because, you know, you never really felt like any of the, the characters, the actors in his movie were, like, acting, you know, yeah. like, stiff and everything. So, yeah, the, the man was phenomenal. And speaking of Jordan Peele, you know, I think that's a good segue into our, our main discussion. Yeah, about, that's what I was doing. You see that? About, <laughs> uh, about these new and upcoming, you know, horror directors. But before we dive into that... We do, of course, have to give a shout out to our host, Sports Radio Detroit. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast on the SRD website right now, we hope you are. You can go check out all of their other cool stuff. And you can also interact with them on social media as well. Yes, yes. They have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just type in Sports Radio Detroit. That's SRD. And remember, Sports Radio Detroit not detroit sports radio big difference speaking of srd we do just have to give a few minutes for uh some of the other shows to show you what they got hi this is jason hinkin from pucking around and spinning the wheels on sports radio detroit check us out every sunday over on the srd hockey feed on spotify tune in radio podbean itunes and stitcher that's srd hockey in your search bar new episodes every week Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? 
I, ju- I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know. He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talks so long about flea. I, I didn't know anybody I had know, so many just, feelings. I do. So many I feelings. Got feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair. Your final word in pop cultural relevance. Welcome back. Now, Samuel, you did mention Jordan Peele, and I, I definitely wanted to talk about Jordan Peele, considering that you know his first foray into the horror genre was was such a hit. And I, he actually came out recently and said that you know he thought Get Out was not quite so much a, a horror movie, but more of like a, a social thriller. But I think we've pretty much accepted it widely as a horror movie. You know? Oh yeah, most definitely. Even social thrillers. Mm-hmm doesn't matter what type of like you know allegories a movie has if it's like that it come on thrillers are horror unless it's like yeah. a drama based thriller then i guess it's not horror yeah like jason Bourne or whatever is, yeah, exactly. is not a horror movie obviously no, but action thriller yeah <laughs> but but get out definitely had those horror elements and us is supposed to be a, a straight up horror movie so i mean for me jordan peele if we're talking about directors in the horror genre he's probably like my you know first or or second favorite that i think will will lead the charge and and really be innovative and you know like you said potentially be the next john carpenter and just make these phenomenal horror films i think so um i mean as far as other people go lee winnell of course is is one of the big ones that i think people are looking at a lot he his first his debut horror film was uh, Insidious Chapter 3, at least that he directed. The one that had nothing to do with the previous movies? It was like a prequel, basically? Kind of. That girl who got hit by a car and then... Yeah. See, that one was... I like that one better than Insidious Chapter 2 and better than The Last Key, so... Yeah, I, I kind of did too, honestly, because I, I, I mean, the story was okay, but I think that that movie had a really creepy atmosphere. That's so, what I was going to yeah. say, like... The, like like it was really suspenseful like Mm -hmm. uh, i just felt bad for the girl every time she'd like get thrown out of her bed and dragged it's like bro leave her alone she has broken legs ironically we were watching that at the same time where my legs were broken remember yeah no i (laughs) i remember that pretty well i think you actually made a joke during like watching that yeah i did i was like my wife or some shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) no but i mean i felt bad for her too but i think his uh i think his vision is is great I think not so. only based off of like that movie but upgrade yeah i think you should watch upgrade you know even though it's it's less of a horror movie than kind of like a uh futuristic thriller with a lot of gore but it's really good and uh, lee winnell i think did did a, a very good job directing it his vision is is clear and the visuals look awesome and i think it's just an all-around good movie so i'm super excited for the invisible man i think uh if you get some solid cast members together, I think it actually could be a really good movie. And I'm, I'm liking Lee Winnell a lot. I think he's going to be up there as well. I mean, after just watching Insidious Chapter 3 alone, I think I think he's going to do good with The Invisible Man. If he can uh, if he can make it decently atmospheric, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll already like fall into it. Just my qualm with a lot of these, like, even with like the newer directors, like, Sure, like the movies are atmospheric. Like a lot of these directors, they're like some of them have action-packed movies. 
you know, in they like mix the action into the horror, but like mm-hmm. a lot of what's lacking in these like newer movies to me, like in a lot of newer movies, is the endings. I feel yeah. like <laughs> just get better writers, honestly. Like you're a great director. Don't don't hire a writer and then have him give you such a shit ending. Like uh, honestly, that's partially a director's fault too, because they read the script and they they look at the ending and go, "Wow, that's good." Like no, a lot of these movies had bad endings. Like at yeah. least modern movies, like. I agree. I mean, and a lot of the modern stuff, like we kind of discussed, is really just taking this, uh, I don't know, this like weird cliffhanger approach mm-hmm. or something, or like not even a cliffhanger approach, but it's like a, a gotcha kind of thing, you know? Like, like I know we kind of briefly mentioned it, but Hellfest, for example. Yeah. You know? Even Halloween. Yeah. It just, they're not satisfying endings, and either they're setting up for, uh, they're either setting up for a sequel or just completely it, ambiguous yeah it's like, just this whole intention like oh hey you know it'd be cool if you if we gave you this entire movie with this thing happening and then we basically made the whole movie irrelevant yeah. by showing you this <laughs> stupid ambiguous ending where it's like oh guess what this guy was a regular dude the whole time okay what does that do for the audience like what does that do for the story it doesn't you know what they're trying to do they're no. trying to be john carpenter yeah like like at the end of the first halloween where like Michael just disappeared, and they showed like the different shots of like, of like the like where the movie took place. They show like the inside of the mm-hmm. house downstairs, and then they he- show him like you hear him breathing. Like oh, now he's out there. Like they're trying to make it like oh, he's still out there. Like and that's that's cool and all, but it's been done and mm-hmm. it's been done right by Carpenter. Like if they just left it at Halloween one, that would have been like great. You've been like whoa shit, he's out there somewhere. Yeah. Instead now it's just like. Now you got all these directors making these like extremely open-ended endings and it's just it's not fun anymore. Like people think it adds to like the scariness and like to the mystique of like their 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 you know antagonists, but it really doesn't add anything besides yeah. tell us that you were too lazy to write a fucking decent ending. Like look at Hellfest. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. The dude gets stabbed and then he disappears mm-hmm. and he goes home and walks up to his daughter and gives her a doll like yeah making us you know implying that he's just a regular guy and that regular people can be psycho murderers but that doesn't do anything for the story because we can already probably make that assumption that he's either a some crazy lunatic that's just going around murdering people kind of like in open house or something that was implied or he probably is some regular dude or there's something else completely different going on and if that's the case then you should probably at least hint at it but anyway yeah it's just i'd rather see an ending with a a resolution for like the main characters you know so if, if the antagonist is not really like the character that we're focusing on the entire time i don't want this like really weird ambiguous ending you know Yeah, where where the main character gets fucked and like the villain who's not even like the main focus of the movie like just overcomes the protagonist like, yeah like I, I, you know what you know what two movies last year that came out had great endings mm-hmm. incident in a ghost land yep. and summer of 84 that, yeah that's how you end movies the ending to those movies was perfect mm-hmm. yeah because i mean even with summer of 84 like spoiler alert you know the guy apparently got away but we didn't have this like stupid ending of him like you know 
running through the forest or like driving down the road or whatever after he just got away and stuff like it wasn't like that you know we were focusing on these kids and now like the main character is <laughs> is probably afraid for his life and there's like the, like that ending you know voiceover or whatever i think so that was that was a good ending but i mean for stuff like he's out there in hellfest like it, it just wasn't satisfying because it felt lazy to me yeah you know so i, I am kind of tired of that i mean as the director you know you can you can generally make those executive decisions with with certain story content stuff like that and characters and, and everything so uh i agree i mean speaking of incident in the Ghostland, pascal logier uh who was the director on that and also the director of martyrs the original martyrs yeah, yeah. I, I mean, didn't know that until like i found that out like fucking recent as hell actually mm-hmm yeah i mean and they're both insane movies so oh yeah and they're both about like basically torture yeah that guy and then the duo of julian maury and alexander bustillo who were the directors on inside livid and then the new leatherface movie no way they did livid and fucking inside Mm -hmm. the original like yeah the original inside like like the french livid as in livid like the the vampire yeah yeah that one no way yeah they did leatherface apparently i didn't watch that i heard it wasn't oh leatherface (laughs) yeah it's it's okay here's my qualm with leatherface it's too much of a prequel and the guy doesn't fit like the like the dude's like fucking look does not fit leatherface they make you think that leatherface is like another dude and like i don't know it's just this one's like a like a crime drama Mm -hmm. it seems like until the ending where he finally like gets his mask and like the chainsaw and then you're just like Uh, really all of that leading up to this why do you think the movie came out what 2017 right yeah I think it's like six bucks on amazon (laughs) yeah no i I heard uh i heard pretty bad things about it it's the equivalent of victor crowley yeah yeah i don't i don't know if these guys wrote it but I, i believe they did direct it but i mean inside and and live it are great so i mean all these guys and and pascal logier like they're part of this whole like new extreme french wave of horror movies which i think is is definitely blowing up as well we're also seeing some some good directors out of uh out of spain i I don't have any that like i can you know dish out like right right here now i mean fede alvarez but he's a he's an american director but he's he's great as well he did the evil dead remake uh, he directed Don't Breathe, and he'll be directing the sequel Don't Breathe Two as well. So that guy's another another one to to keep an eye out. I like uh, Jennifer Kent. Mm-hmm. I I need more Baba Duke type movies because legitimately Baba Duke. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, it I, it's so stupid because it's a metaphor. No, you're just too fucking stupid to know the metaphor you can't say the monster wasn't scary as fuck you can't say the movie wasn't atmospheric because it was like 90 percent atmosphere you can't say it had a bad script because the script was great it had the struggle of a mother facing resentment toward her son because her husband left or died or whatever the hell so like what do you expect from a psychological supernatural horror movie i mean that's why the movie was so well regarded you know despite the ending which uh, some people have, you know, their qualms with. Like, it was it was a well done horror movie, and yeah, it when when the when the Babadook creature uh, was was on the screen, like it was it was impressive. You know, like I yeah. enjoyed it a lot. So she's she's great. She's actually working on 
a new movie with Guillermo del Toro. No way. Holy yeah, fuck. I'm not sure what the project is, but that's going to be fucking nuts. That is. Ima- imagine like fucking... Damn. Yeah. I Damn. mean, and Del Toro right now, honestly, is kind of is kind of the king of of filmmaking at this moment, in my opinion. You know, like he's pretty much everything he's doing can do no wrong. You know, he just came off of winning best director and uh, best picture last year. I mean, the guy's been on my. What did he direct last year? The Shape of Water. Oh shit! Yeah. So, and which was really good, in my opinion. Not not so much horror, but uh, had a really cool creature effect and. I mean, the guy has done a lot of horror movies, you know, The Devil's Backbone, Kronos, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, more or less horror fantasy, kind of. So, I mean, the fact that they're working on something together is is awesome. And he's actually working on something else called Antlers. I don't know if that's the, the Jennifer Kent project, but I don't think it is. Andy Muschietti. Yeah, he's uh, he's the director of the It remake. He did Mama? Yeah, he did. I thought, I thought Del Toro did Mama for some reason. I think i think del toro uh produced it okay because i was wondering like wait a minute yeah no he uh andy muschietti was the director and i mean for it to you know like there are a lot of really good directors oh, dude he did he did fucking great oh, yeah. with it and I, i'm super i mean it chapter two is like one of our most anticipated horror movies of, Pro- of 2019 i would say so. it's it's probably my most anticipated besides yeah. like besides the prodigy and then uh the other movie what's the other fucking oh yeah the child's play movie yeah yeah no, I, I agree, dude. I mean, I think he did a great job as well, you know. There were a few things with it that I think could have been done better. But, I mean, from a directing standpoint, it was very good. Uh, there are some other great filmmakers out there as well who are doing stuff. Robert Eggers, probably one of the most talked about, I think, just because of The Witch. It was actually his uh, debut horror film, I think. And now he's going to be doing something else called The Lighthouse, which a lot of people are really interested in. I was just about to ask, like, what the hell is The Lighthouse? Yeah. This one actually looks pretty cool because it's supposed to be kind of like a fantasy horror with all these, like, urban legends and stuff like that. So kind of one of those again. But this one's actually shot in black and white on 35 millimeter film. So it's going to have that, like, grainy old kind of look to it. So it's probably going to be super nostalgic. I'm not sure what the movie is actually about, but, you know, despite what you think about The Witch, it was an impressive, uh, you know, debut film for sure. I mean, uh, other than like the a whole lot of nothing at the the first three quarters of the movie, yeah. like, the last, I would say the last quarter of the movie was good. And like, I wasn't disappointed, honestly, with the ending, other than the fact that like, I, I wanted to see like The Witch's like, acknowledge their new witch a little more other than just come join the the circle of flying witches on our broomsticks like <laughs> yeah no i i know i know what you mean i mean overall i i thought the movie was pretty okay uh but visually and everything i thought it it looked really good oh yeah aesthetically it looked like perfect yeah. like there was n- nothing wrong with it aesthetically oh yeah so i mean considering what he's doing with the lighthouse i think that robert eggers is definitely a director to watch out for too i just hope that you know out of this out of this pack of them you know there's some other ones too jeremy saulnier who did blue ruin and green i think ruin. Uh, one i wanted to mention was david robert mitchell yeah because it follows was so fucking good it was. i want to see more m- more of his take on like supernatural phenomenon mm-hmm. like 
this random entity following you forever until it kills you like i want to see more of that no it's cool that was super original too it was because like it had like dude there was like the, there was like all this mystique behind all like what the hell is this thing mm. and the fact that they never explained it and they left the ending kind of like ambiguous mm -hmm. was amazing to me like there we're definitely getting a sequel <laughs> I hope so, yeah. I mean, he does actually have a new movie out or coming out this year called Under the Silver Lake, but it's uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be too horror. It looks more of like a... I, I don't I don't really know. More of a dramatic thriller, kind of, I guess, but I, I think it's supposed to have some kind of either supernatural elements or something like that to it. It looks good, but it's not quite horror, I don't think. Instead of It Follows 2, it should be called It Still Follows. <laughs> it Still Follows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I hope he does make uh, a sequel to that movie because, I mean, I think there's, there's I, I believe I saw something that he was interested in maybe like exploring what the, what it is, you know? I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I, I could be wrong. I mean, I could be pulling that out of my ass but i thought i i saw that somewhere but i uh i'm also excited yeah. and i know he just had a few movies come out recently like uh this one guy i'm talking about 1031 in the barn oh, yeah. but i want to see more justin seaman movies see man oh yeah it's a see man see man no yeah it, well his his vision is cool because he does a lot of stuff that's uh retro as hell yeah super retro just really like just nailing in like the halloween vibes i really like generally the, the vibes in like 1031 like yeah. even though like the store like i would say two of the stories were good two of them were kind of lacking but it maintained like the same the same feel throughout like the mm -hmm. whole thing that's what i enjoyed about it like yeah. not just like the halloween vibes but like i like the setting like you know like it was all in like small towns it wasn't like I'm in New York City, like New Year's Evil, you know, it wasn't that, yeah. it was just like small places where shit just happens to happen, and I really like that mansion at the beginning where like the witch was at, like the hag. Like, oh yeah, that was a great location. Even even like the barn, like perfect location, don't knock on the barn, you know, knock knock, uh oh, like it was yeah. perfect to me, honestly, I really enjoyed the barn. They're making a sequel by the way oh really yeah i nice. checked i checked his facebook they have a sequel up in like the making right now they're just like i think they're uh they did like a little gofundme thing so you know people could help out and shit so nice he actually apparently also has another anthology film called cryptids that actually sounds uh really good but nice yeah i love uh, i love his passion for for all that nostalgic old school stuff that's know? why i admire him for like yeah you can just tell that he loves horror. I mean, basically with everything that he's done. Oh, yeah. You know, there, there's just an inherent love of horror. And that's what I, I like about all these directors. Passion really separates the the directors who are doing this for a quick check mm -hmm. and the directors who are doing this because they truly appreciate every little facet of the horror genre, whether it be 80s, 90s, mm -hmm. modern. And Justin Seaman, Seaman he, <laughs> takes, he, takes this, he takes the 90s feel but he 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 has modern cinematography it's the cinematography isn't retro by like any means you know it's not like 90s like who 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 cuz come on let's be real 90s cinematography was kind of like 
80s cinematography was kind of poor, but 90s was just kind of zany cinematography, if, yeah. you, if you hadn't noticed. Like, in Idle Hands, like, it was just kind of, like, wacky a bit. But this guy takes the wacky, like, at least, like, the wacky feel of, like, Halloween in most of his movies. Because most of his movies are Halloween-based, like... yeah. And he takes that and applies modern cinematography and his own little vision of what he, what what in his mind he envisioned the '90s were like, and he makes these like you know modern movies. And there's I have like there's a few minor things wrong with them with like some of the stuff like in 1031 I noticed a few minor things like some of the actors like I I think they need like better direction. There could have been they could have did more takes. Yeah. On like certain parts, you know, he couldn't have just been like, "All right, that's perfect," unless he was like on his phone or something while he was directing. But yeah, other than that, I mean, like they said, uh, like they said on the back of his like ten thirty one, if this is the future of horror, you know, we're in good hands. Like, and I think so. Yeah, no, I think so too. I actually was just thinking, like, you know, he and and maybe a couple other people, I think have the potential to be kind of like the the Stuart Gordons of of the up and coming, I guess era of horror you know because he, he did like reanimator and stuff like that you know Stuart gordon wasn't really he, he's well revered and talked about but i mean generally when you talk about the horror directors that are really well known like the legends you know wes craven john carpenter like he, he's he can he's kind of up there but typically he's not quite as heavily talked about you know and guys like this like justin seaman like he's got sorry seaman he's uh you know he's got a very like clear vision about like what he wants his horror movies to be like that's what i love about him yeah and i think with with a little bit better direction a little bigger budgets maybe you know and and just uh continuing all all the innovative content and stories and stuff like that that he's putting out i, th- I think that he could make some really really classic like horror movies i think i think the barn 2 is probably going to be really good honestly because like the barn came out in like 2016 i believe so it's been three years that i'm assuming that he's been wanting to do this sequel because obviously if you enjoyed filming your movie Mm -hmm. and it came out like you wanted to like you automatically start thinking yo how how would i continue this and i mean he's had like a good three years to think about it and now he's decided that you know he's gonna start filming soon so Mm -hmm. i'm really really excited to see the second barn movie because we watched we both watched the barn on the same day off of 2b tv and then i had to own it so i bought it off amazon and it's probably one of my favorite halloween based movies along with obviously trick-or-treat halloween and you know (laughs) honest tales of halloween was dope so honestly these halloween based movies i think that's that's justin's forte like Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying he should stick to that because i'm sure he can create like a lot a lot better stuff with mm-hmm. like more serious undertones but like the, the the whole 90s halloween horror feel like that's that's him he's he's got that down especially after the barn i don't i don't think i've seen any better like halloween movie like mm-hmm. independent director like a lot of the independent directors that try to do halloween themed movies nowadays are just like meh you know it was okay but I think Justin really captures like the essence of Halloween, especially with the barn. So yeah, no, I agree completely. And I mean, I was gonna say we can't really uh, talk about the directors too much without mentioning some of the more like well-established ones so far. Mm-hmm. 
you know like james wan del toro mike flanagan becoming one of those really like hot shot horror directors after doing the haunting of hill house oculus Ouija, or origin of evil then we got uh fucking Shyamalan. And... yeah rob zombie of course oh yeah rob zombies he man he's been making horror movies for a minute mm-hmm. hey listen outside of his halloween movies i enjoyed his movies yeah i've seen all of his horror movies besides 31 so yeah which which was pretty decent but all these guys and women have you know very uh very particular styles and despite the fact that you know maybe they're not so well regarded as as the guys like carpenter and Wes craven you know uh they're they're definitely they've made their mark and you kind of know more or less what to expect from these guys so i hope that for these up-and-coming directors we start seeing more of that like justin seaman type you know yeah just focus on on finding your vision i was gonna and really say, crafting like movies that kind of fit what you can do well like what know? jordan peele is doing right exactly. now like the the movies with like these like s- s- problematic social issues mm-hmm. like uh justin you know seaman should like stick to not stick to but yeah he does the halloween like theme very well mm-hmm and let's say del toro he he does those fantasy monster movies like yeah really well like i mean pan's labyrinth right i mm-hmm. mean that shit was ridiculous yeah i mean I, I do think that there's a lot of potential with with a lot of them robert eggers for example he's got that kind of period sort of style going on where he explores these like kind of old-timey characters and settings and you know he's doing the lighthouse and just black and white on film i was gonna say who directed ghost stories ghost stories you remember the that dude that dude needs more psychological supernatural (laughs) that was one of the more well-done movies that i've seen recently because Mm -hmm. it totally caught me off guard especially with the ending yeah Um, i I actually just remembered it was uh andy nyman and Jeremy Dyson were, were the directors on that. Yeah, I want to see them do more stuff, honestly. For sure, yeah. And I that was that was a great psychological one. Another good director, I feel like, that captures the the psychological horror well is, is Pascal Logier, who did Incident at Ghostland, like we talked about. Oh yeah, definitely. He uh he's got that whole torture mm-hmm. at least yeah. That gr- that extreme gr- horror, yeah. Yeah. I as long as long as honestly, and I know a lot of people like these kind of movies or whatever let's keep rape out of horror (laughs) movies huh like that's already a horrific thing that really happens a lot in real life and we're trying to get away from real life with these movies of course there's movies like based upon stuff that happens in real life but look at the movies in like the fucking 80s and 90s and even early 2000s they didn't have to show like gratuitous shit like fucking like little girls getting like carried off by some giant man to be raped like yeah. Sure that that sure that's that's horrifying. It's horrifying. Don't get me wrong, but it's not scary. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's more like it makes you feel fucked up. Like you want to go on a murder spree and like kill every local sex offender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't make you like oh shit, that's scary. It makes you more angry, more at least me more so than anything. Like so considering the the subject matter and, and like his movies and a lot of these other guys' movies, I I don't know, but. I mean, in general, I think they make some effective horror movies. Oh, yeah, they're effective. Yeah. It's just, I want to be scared, not like fucking traumatized. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I get you. I get you. Like, I didn't enjoy the original I Spit on Your Grave. That shit was horrific. 
So was Last House on the Left. That was horrific to like watch. Like, yeah. Now I'm saying, not I'm not saying like in a technical way. The movies were done really like gritty, and they were like mm-hmm. super effective. But just like the, the, the like how brutal the, the fucking rape scenes were. Like Jesus Christ, man. Like, well, I mean, then I think definitely you want to keep an eye out on directors like Lee Winnell, Sean Byrne, who did uh, The Devil's Candy. That one was that actually was a good one. Really, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, who wrote? Who made uh, a dark song? Because that was. Oh, I'm not sure. That one was great. That too, one was great. Yeah. We need more like slow burns and like, because mm-hmm. that was more of like an atmospheric movie. And yeah, I I really like those kind of movies. Honestly, Devil's Candy, A Dark Song. Can't forget about Ari Aster, who debuted with Hereditary, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. We need more Hereditary. I don't care what any of these little shitheads say. Hereditary was a great film. It was. Yeah, and I mean for a, a you know a directorial debut, like a feature debut, like it was. It was phenomenal. And honestly. Tony Collette did fucking amazing. Bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't get. Did she get an award for that performance? Well, I, I don't. She didn't get nominated at the Oscars. That's the biggest thing. But, That's so fucking. But we're dumb. gonna talk about that because for later, for yeah. like a horror movie, like she did extremely well. Honestly, I I just didn't like Peter in that movie. <laughs> like bro yeah. shut up well we're gonna we're gonna talk about that more so in uh in a future episode but i mean in general though we we definitely need these these up-and-coming uh directors to really establish i think a clear vision and you know because right now i'm afraid that we're just gonna be getting a lot of these kind of very similar cookie feeling movies. horror yep. movies not even necessarily cookie cutter just kind of this the same sort of vibe in and out you know so uh, it is definitely refreshing when we see people like justin seaman and and lee winnell and stuff you know sharing their vision and, and really making some good horror movies so um yeah that's pretty much all i got to say about the directors you know and as a director i mean i'm i'm very excited to see what's going to happen so i i hope that we have a lot of these talented people making good horror movies you know because we need it we really do let us know what your guys's uh, thoughts are on this subject and who your favorite horror directors are we are going to move on however to our final segment of the episode and talk about a newer horror movie directed by someone that we actually didn't discuss brian bertino uh, we're going to do that in this week's chopping block <laughs> and this week's chopping block <laughs> <laughs> features a movie called the monster which is uh it's kind of like a family drama slash horror, sort of. but it was more horror, I guess, with with like, you know, they showed the family problems and like little flashbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my first problem with this movie is like the, the alcoholic mother and the daughter, which holds her daughter like eight, nine years old or 10, something, yeah, like, that. something like that. <laughs> the worst part in the movie where... Or she's just standing in the garage and her mom's like, fuck you, fuck you, yeah. fuck you, fuck you. And like, stop it. Like, I'm just like, wow, bro. You are a terrible mother. But basically, the girl goes from holding a knife to her mother's throat in her sleep to being extremely upset when her mother gets attacked. Yeah. So essentially, I mean, the basic premise is that this little girl's mother is a piece of shit and doesn't treat her right. So this little girl is... uh trying to go and be with her father and so it's up to the, the mother to get herself up and and basically drive her over to the father and i don't know deposit her you know like basically get rid yeah. of her 
because she's a fuck up and, and, you know, can't take care of her well enough. Obviously, as evident by her screaming at her. And then slapping the shit out of her after when her and her boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they they were just drugged up. Yeah, yeah. she she hid their drugs or whatever. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, I mean, a lot of people can relate to this, I feel like. You know, having abusive parents and, and just generally not so great childhoods growing up. So, I mean, I thought that what happened, this whole interaction between the mom and kid... I thought it was actually done fairly well. Like, it was pretty messed up. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I thought just the the interaction was done well. Even though she hated her, you know, when when they got stranded and, and started being stalked by this crazy monster, like, you know, you still don't want your, your mom to, to get hurt necessarily, yeah, you know, like, especially as, like, a little kid, I think. So, I, th- I thought that the way that uh, the characters themselves were written and, and interacted with each other was was pretty well despite what you may think of the their evolution you know but th- that was the thing like with, with each passing scene like all the flashbacks like each one subsequently just got worse and worse yeah to the point where like uh, not not to give any huge spoilers but to the you know point where like she wanted to even like harm her mother but then you know like this one situation happens and it really causes them to either get over their differences and band together or they just fucking get eaten by yeah. by some thing you know so and that thing ate a grown-ass man yeah i actually thought that the monster the actual monster in this movie sick was was awesome it was yeah. really awesome this is one of the best movie monsters i've seen in a while oh yeah because it wasn't like ginormous mm-hmm. it was it was about the size of like two bodybuilders like s- stacked on each other i want to say but yeah. walking on all fours uh monster itself though was kind of not the looks i mean in terms of strength it was a pretty strong and quick monster Mm -hmm. but it was not resilient at all yeah no not really but i mean i guess that does give it that like kind of more realistic feel like this is just some complete outlier creature but it's not like invincible or something like that. exactly it's it's it bleeds so it can die but but still like going up against this this scrawny druggy alcoholic mom and her little kid you know like it really was a survival horror movie because and, and considering the setting so i mean it was a cool vibe to this movie i felt like you know just them being stranded in the middle of the, of the road in the middle of nowhere it's just storming and raining it's completely dark you know i thought that the the visuals to this movie and the vibe were great they were i really liked the whole rainy night thing those are like my favorite movies i kind of just wish that was the whole movie i mean i i get why all the flashbacks and everything exist but th- there were definitely times where like i didn't really want to see another flashback and, i didn't really and more character exposition and stuff like i just wanted to see more of like them versus the monster i, I guess know, they but. did that to like develop the characters in a way yeah. like but like we were so far at one point we were far enough into the movie that we really didn't need any more flashbacks you know yeah i mean i do get it because that was really the driving force behind this movie like you know surviving against a monster was was kind of its own thing but at the same time it was sort of like this allegory for their relationship and and i guess the motivation for them to kind of you know bond (laughs) i guess and and learn to love each other or whatever so I, i do get that but i mean for the sake of just like the pacing and the flow of the story and everything. Yeah, I kind of wish that there were there were fewer, you know, flashback scenes with them and stuff. Because, I mean, you could have kind of established... 
All they needed really was like they needed only like two flashbacks. They just needed to include more in the flashbacks. Like yeah, not like we don't need these thirty second flashbacks of fuck you, bitch, fuck you, I'll cut you, bitch. Where are my drugs? Like we could have did that all in one take. Like I agree. I mean, yeah, there probably could have been fewer scenes of that, but overall, I mean, I, I I enjoyed the movie. You know, actually watching it on like my four K TV. It, it, in the yeah dark dude it looked really good shit had, that's what i did last night i was like yeah. yo let me turn off these lights the hdr kicked in mm-hmm. ultra 4k kicked in and i was like here we go yeah. yeah every every scene pretty much with them like stranded on the side of the road that was that was gold to me like i liked it a lot yeah you know so i think aesthetically the movie was near perfect yeah it really I would was say. even in like even in like, the dark night and everything mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about like batman i'm just right. saying like you know and <laughs> In in the darkness of the movie, like everything was, I, I thought it was really well lit, and uh, every, I could see all the little details and stuff like that, and yeah, it was really cool. It looked awesome, and it did k- keep you on the edge of your seat. I felt like like the tension was was good, you know, especially when like the monster first started kind of being revealed. Mm-hmm. I thought all that was really good. Oh yeah, when they first saw that wolf had been bitten before it got hit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a good mystery for the most part too until they like you know really got up front and like up close and personal with it and everything but but uh yeah i mean i maybe less flashback scenes and stuff but in general i I like the movie and uh i mean we can't you know not discuss the the acting between the mom and the little girl i think i think the acting was solid it was solid but it was really intense honestly yeah not enough not a bad thing at all but it was just their relationship was an intense one Mm -hmm. that's all i can say it was yeah i mean i I guess if i had one criticism and it's kind of natural i guess to dispute it because it's a little girl but you know i don't know if the i don't know if the girl's acting and like her intensity matched the mom's necessarily you know and oh it's harder to match adult acting oh yeah if you're a child i'm saying I, i was just saying like if i had to have one criticism about the like the acting that would probably be it but it's not totally valid just because you know it's it's a young girl so i'm glad that she that, just but. like she 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 defended herself that's that mm-hmm. was that was dope but the way she the way she figured out uh the way to battle this monster though at the end no i mean i thought it was good and like you know her her story especially like overcoming overcoming these monsters and everything too it, it made sense you know like maybe there was a little too much of that like all the all the quotes flying out on the screen and yeah all the voiceover and stuff like all right we, we kind of get what's going on here you know yeah. you, you don't really have to force it down our throats so much but, right spell it out for them jimmy yeah but in general i, I like the movie and uh for me personally like it's not chopped but expect to see some you know like of these really dramatic flashbacks oh yeah it's not chopped for me uh either i think you should definitely watch this one just for the the atmosphere and the monster alone mm-hmm. Th- those two things right away just made this movie completely watchable yeah. and the fact that it was like a really isolated incident mm-hmm. not so much isolated as in in a building or like it, it was just on the side of the road and then there was a building at the end but you know <laughs> yeah. what i wondered like she was she was hiding out in that building like how do the people who are at that building on a daily basis not notice this fucking monster lurking around the woods? Yeah. 
I, I don't know. Nah, it's just a bear, wolverine, <laughs> chicken, uh, polar bear, fucking humanoid from the deep swamp thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Basically. Yeti. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that they didn't, like, try to somehow explain, like, what the thing was. or It, it was just kind of... It's kind of like there is kind of like a thing that happened, you know. By the way, Hollywood, we need a Yeti movie. We do, yeah. There's been okay. There's been a Bigfoot movie recently, Cherokee Creek. We got checkmark modern mm-hmm. Bigfoot movie. We well, it's not horror; it's horror comedy. But yeah, just go on Amazon, watch it. You'll fucking shit your pants. You <laughs> you're not gonna be scared, but the movie's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But we need a Yeti. We got Bigfoot. Now we need a Yeti. We should just pitch uh, the Penny Yeti. Oh, uh, dude, I should I should tell Todd Jenkins like, dude. You should even continue Cherokee Creek. Next, you should you should do a Yeti movie. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Cherokee Creek, but like in the winter time. <laughs> it would be fucking crazy, honestly. Yeah. That, it's just like in the takes place in like the Himalayas. Or that would be fucking crazy great. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Or it takes place at U of M Dearborn. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about the monster. I really enjoyed it. I do kind of wish that I wasn't so affected by by all the modern, you know, having to, to to put all this backstory and exposition and everything, but even that I thought was done well, you know, and it didn't it didn't take away too much from the actual like creature feature elements of this movie. So go check it out. It is on Netflix right now. It was just released on there. So uh, let us know what you think about it, because we sure as hell enjoyed it. We did, yeah. And uh, you can tell us what you think by talking to us on all our social media as well we've got a facebook instagram and twitter we post all the weekly stuff there and uh we post a bunch of other things as well we do have a website gravediscussions.net too so there's tons of ways to talk with us please do so because uh we love all you guys and we value your opinions and we want to know what you think about what we talk about so hit us up but boils and ghouls we'll see you next week on grave discussions (laughs) dun dun This has been an SRD production.